Cause sometimes I be right. Hello. Welcome to the show. I got a really, really, really good episode for you today. Apologize for the hiatus, but you know life happens. Things happen. Don't worry, we're working on it here at Trash Can Studios. Trying to bring you that great content you need every week. Today I want to raise a couple questions. I want to raise a couple questions. I got something I want to talk about that look, just hear me out, all right? (laughs) Before you make your judgment, before you call your names, just hear me out. That's all I'm saying. And then I want to, you know, in my opinion, dispel some, some myths, some rumors, some ideas that are starting to swirl around. I want to kind of bring us back to reality. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host Wally. Say what up, Wally! As I said before, I have some things I'm really excited to talk about today. Some things I want to get into. It is officially GOAT season. That is right, with the NBA playoffs starting up. It is now time to bring back up the argument of the GOAT. And seeing as some of you believe that LeBron James is in fact the GOAT, he is in action, he is participating, it is time to now start having that discussion because everything he does will be put in the uh, the blender and either you will churn out that, oops, see, this is why he's not the GOAT or see, this is why he is the GOAT. Here's my problem. We're going we're going let me start this off by let me actually I should probably backtrack. Let me start this by saying my intention was to come in here going into these uh, NBA playoffs and say LeBron's got to get it done. No more excuses. Because for the past 2 weeks all I've heard was how Anthony Davis is playing great. Look, this is what you're getting from Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves, wow, what a player. Look at this guy, the defense, top 3 in the NBA since the trade deadline. Like All of these things raving about the Lakers. And so I was coming in to say, look, if he doesn't get it done now, I don't want to hear nobody say nothing. But Easter Sunday, spent some time with some family, said it to my brother, LeBron's got to get it done. And he, to his credit, made a great point that made me realize I was misspeaking. What I was trying to say is not what I was actually saying. What he said was, in year 20, at age 38, are you really going to sit here and say, LeBron James has to get it done? And when he said it back to me, I realized two things. Number one, how ridiculous I sounded even saying that. Like, yeah, that does sound like a hater statement. Like, who else would have that level of expectations? And number two, what it made me realize was what I was actually saying was not that he needed to get it done. But what I was trying to say was, we need to make a choice as a community whether you are on the side of the LeBron stand or you are a LeBron hater. I today will take the position of I will represent the LeBron haters in this argument because obviously you can't be neutral, right? Either you think he's the GOAT or he's not. If you think he's not the GOAT, you're a hater. If you think he is the GOAT, you are a stand. That is the world we live in today. I didn't make the rules. But I will come in and I will say, look, I will represent the haters then. We need to make a choice. We need to choose, number one, everything from this point forward 
either we are going to use whatever happens in his career, good or bad, in the argument for him being the GOAT or not, or we are going to leave everything after this point out of it and say it's irrelevant, it doesn't matter, we're not going to use it. Because here's what I notice is starting to happen. LeBron haters, if LeBron goes out in the first round, are going to say, see, he's not the GOAT. LeBron fans in that exact moment are going to say, come on, he's 38 years old. He's in year 20. Look at the team. Like, do you really expect him to like, come on, who's doing that? And they're going to basically say it doesn't really he doesn't have to get it done. His legacy is cemented. It's good. He's already good. No matter what he does from here on out, doesn't matter. Nothing. Right. But if LeBron goes out and wins a championship, those same fans are going to claim this is why he's the GOAT. In year 20, at age 38, he won a championship. Look what he did. And those same LeBron haters are going to say, but it doesn't It doesn't matter, though. Like, like, come on now. Right? So we need to come together and make a choice. Because if I, as someone who doesn't think he's the GOAT, can't look at his performance now, if he does something negative and say, well, you know, it's kind of hurting his case. If I can't use any negatives to prove, to, to, to use an argument against, you can't use any positives to use in an argument for. Is that fair? Can we all say that? Can we all agree, just agree to this baseline thing? Because number one, the reason why I say this, because I already think if you're arguing LeBron is the GOAT, you already have an advantage in the argument because you have seven more years. You have seven more years of accumulative stats to use against Jordan in terms of how good is he. If LeBron James wins seven championships in 25 years, is that more impressive than Jordan winning six in 15? Right? Like, yeah, he has more championships, but he also played many more years. Yes, he has more points, but he also played many more years. Like, these are all things that I'm looking at and saying, all right, if if you're going to sit there and tell me his legacy is cemented, then you can't use anything from this point forward to make your argument. You have to stop it at 2022 and say anything past 2022 will not be used for or against him in the court of GOAT conversations. I think we should just agree to that. Now, with that being said, there is a lot of love for this Lakers team. They just won last night. They beat Minnesota in the play-in game, so they have the number seven seed. They are going against Memphis starting on Sunday, I believe. And my question is this. What, what is the expectation? What should we expect? Because the media seems to love this Lakers team. The, the West is wide open. Anybody could win it. There's no real clear great team. Like even the Nuggets who are number one, you would look at and say, I don't really buy them though. Right? We all agree to that. We don't really buy them like that. So you got them. And then you got like Sacramento's a 3C. Like do you really buy them though? Nah. So the Lakers have as good a shot as anybody else. So would it be a disappointment if they don't get out of the first round? I don't know. Depends on what position you take. But the reason why that comes up is because, number one, LeBron stands and lovers and fans and believers in him are now leading the conversation. There was a time period where anytime LeBron did something, the haters came out and made it a big deal. 
for or against. Now it feels like the lovers of LeBron are leading the charge. It seems like the haters have accepted. I know I can speak for me personally, and since I am representing the haters, (laughs) I'm saying we have all accepted a certain generation of people are just going to think that LeBron is the GOAT. And it doesn't matter what he's done or will do or hasn't done. It doesn't matter to them. They believe he is the GOAT. And there's nothing I can say to change anyone else's opinion. And there's nothing you can say to change mine. So I accept that that's your opinion. I disagree with you. But I have moved on and I no longer am trying to prove to you that I'm right that he is not the GOAT. And so now the people who love LeBron, who had to hear for years and years and years all these reasons why LeBron wasn't the GOAT, now as LeBron starts to pile up that resume, they are now the ones with their get back. They are now the ones leading the charge, bringing up everything he does, doing all of the talking. It's your get back. I give it to you. But one thing that always gets credited to LeBron that I just hate and I think is a false narrative that has existed since the beginning of sport itself is this narrative that there are guys that elevate others and guys who don't. Yep, that someone like LeBron James makes everyone around him better. And then there's guys like Kyrie Irving who doesn't make anyone around him any better. I think that if you believe that LeBron James makes everyone around him better, then you, my friend, are, in sports terms, a moron. It's not true. It's never happened. It's never happened. Because every time LeBron fails, what is the first complaint that anyone will give you? Look at his team. Look who he had. I thought he makes them better. When they win the championship, right? When he goes to Miami and wins a championship, everyone puts it on LeBron. Whoa, LeBron won a championship. LeBron carried him. LeBron elevated everybody, ignoring the fact that he's playing with two Hall of Famers. Does that have something to do with the fact that there was success there? Because it wasn't just LeBron, but he had other really good players with him. Maybe that's why they won. And maybe, just maybe, they didn't win in Cleveland because he didn't have a very good supporting cast. And it wasn't until you gave him good players that they were able to thrive. But Dwayne Wade wasn't good because of LeBron. Chris Bosh wasn't good because of LeBron. Go back to the early episodes when I showed you how all of their numbers decreased once they got with LeBron. They had to take a step back in order to play with LeBron. Now, this isn't a knock. This is just the reality of every time you say someone elevated someone, they were playing with other great players. I'll even throw I'll even throw Michael Jordan in there. Michael Jordan played with great players. Did he make them better? Or were they just great players? Because he wasn't winning before they got there. So so basically, you can elevate players, but not everybody. Now, I'm going to use LeBron as the example. LeBron's able to elevate guys in Miami to win championships. When he goes back to Cleveland, he's able to elevate those guys to win championships. When he goes to the Lakers, he's able to elevate those guys to win championships. But the other times he didn't win, those guys, you know, he couldn't elevate them too. It's funny to me that every time he's credited with elevating somebody, it's always other great players. Tom Brady didn't elevate any. When he played with really good players, they had really good success. No one in the, 
Magic Johnson came into the NBA to a great team and they started, he didn't elevate them. You take a great player, mix him with a great player, you have success. Now, there are some guys, some guys that do kind of take away because they don't just play with the guys. They kind of want theirs first and they want others to fall in line. And Kyrie, I agree with you, is one of those guys who I think is going to get his and not really worry about anybody else. I think the evidence has been shown that that's how he is. But I don't think. I don't think we can continue to have this or to say that this thing exists where guys make others better. It doesn't happen. It's not a real thing. It's a made up thing. It's a made up thing that people do in order to, I don't know, I I don't know what it's for, but it's not real. Because if you're good enough to elevate a team to a championship, then why can't you elevate every team to a championship? Now, what? In reality, happens is if you have LeBron James, let's take last night's game, for example, the Lakers and Minnesota. LeBron drives to the basket. Because LeBron drives to the basket, you have the defense collapse to cover LeBron. What happens is you have a wide open Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder gets a wide open shot. He nails it. Did LeBron make him better? No. Him making or missing that three-point shot has nothing to do with the fact that LeBron is on the court. If Dennis Schroeder stood in that same spot in practice and shot 100 times, I promise you Dennis Schroeder is making at least 70 of those. He's not a better shooter because LeBron's there. He's not a better shooter because he's wide open. These guys are NBA players. Leave them open, they're going to make shots. LeBron can get you open shots. But he's not making you fundamentally a better shooter. He's just, you have better opportunities when you're around him. Because you're going to be open now. He's going to draw more attention. That's not making you a better basketball player. That's not improving your shooting ability. I, I like it, it drives me crazy when I see it. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when I see it. I, I cannot tell you. How how crazy I go over this thing. So moving on to the basketball, I, I know I started this show by telling you that there's something, there's something, there's something I wanted to bring up that I wanted to ask a question, and before you you cut my head off, and before you curse me out, before you turn off the show, because some people trigger warning coming up. I know this is your boy. I know Luca. I know Luca is your golden boy. That is your guy. I know the NBA right now wants Luca to be the guy. I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to pause for a second because I want you to get your rage out. I want you to get your hate out. I want you to scream at me, curse at me, whatever you need to do. And then I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to pause and think about it too. Is it possible that Luca Doncic? is the new age version of Carmelo Anthony. I know, I know. I, 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 I can just tell that the rage that is <laughs> that is happening. People listening in their cars are pounding on the steering wheel. People, you know, walking their dogs probably just dropped the leash and decided to go home because how dare... Luca to Carmelo, it's not even close. 
all right, hold on. Here's what I, here's why this thought came to my head. And again, sometimes I'll have these wild thoughts. I'll just say something like, ah, Lamar Jackson without the running is just Daniel Jones. Or, <laughs> or I'll say like, ah, yeah, uh, Luka Doncic, he's just like Carmelo Anthony. And I'll have like these just blurred out statements. And then I go back and I think, and I say, well, what does that actually mean, dummy? Like, what are you talking about? And then sometimes like it kind of makes sense. We all know that Luka's a good basketball player, right? We all acknowledge it. Luka's a really good player. But maybe we have to start acknowledging, does Luka directly translate to winning games? Is Luka a good teammate? Is Luka a guy that can actually lead you to a championship? Like, it's not crazy to think. When you really, when you stop and you stop the fandom and you think about it, you say to yourself, hmm, Lucas had his most success when he had another smart, strong, competent player playing beside him. When he had Jalen Brunson right next to him, playing with him, a guy that was able to kind of control things, kind of keep things, you know, keep it, keep it cool, keep it in line. Lucas a much better player. Luca can get his own. Luca will rack up assists, but does anyone think that Luca's a great passer? Luca's a high volume scorer. Luca's gonna take a lot of shots. Luca needs a specific type of player around him. Luca is not going to carry your team single handedly. It's just not gonna happen. But he's going. He's a bucket getter. He can get buckets. But guess who else could? Carmelo Anthony. And I defended for years that Carmelo Anthony is a really good player. And the knock on him always was, yeah, but he can't do it. He can't carry a team. He can't be the leader of a team. He's a bad leader. Well, what has Luka done? That's my question. What has Luka done to make you feel like he's a great leader? So since Luka came into the league, he's played, he's just finished his fifth season. They have a record of 208 and 185. That's the Mavs record since Luka's been there. They missed the playoffs this year. Missed it. Now, some of you would like to blame Kyrie Irving coming there and it just messed everything up and blah, blah, blah. But if Luka is who you say he is, he should have been able to adapt to that situation. And they fell apart. Luka's not good defensively. You also think Carmelo Anthony's not never played defense. Some people think that Luka's a crybaby. Carmelo Anthony used to complain about calls all the time. Now, let's get into the numbers. As I said, Luca is 208 and 185 as a member of the Mavs. That's what the Mavs records are with him there. Carmelo Anthony, we kind of have to break it down into two errors. What I did was I used his first five years, similar to Luca, and then I used his first five years in New York when he was more kind of in his prime. Because for me, my thought was the way that we looked at Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks is the way we should be looking at Luca. On the Mavs, which is a, a player who's going to get his, but maybe isn't really the best centerpiece for your team. Maybe you need to get somebody else in there who can kind of have more of the leadership role. So with the Knicks in his first five seasons, Carmelo Anthony, they had a record of 176 and 218. But let's be honest, the Knicks teams were miles and miles worse than the Mavs teams that Luka has had. Like they are so much worse it's embarrassing. As a Knicks fan, I can tell you those teams were 
garbage. Garbage. Nothing good on it but Carmelo Anthony. When you're relying on Landry Fields to be like your second option, like that's bad. When you got, uh, I don't even want to get into it. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. But in those years, so Luka in five years in the NBA is averaging 28 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. That's really good. That's really good. Shooting 47%, 34% from three, and 74% from the field. I mean, from the free throw line. Those are good numbers. He's a good player. Like, we're not denying he's a good player. Over a five-year stretch in the first five years with Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks, Carmelo Anthony averaged 25 points, seven rebounds, three assists. He shot 44%, 36% from three, and 82% from the free throw line. They're not far off. They're not far off. They both are volume scorers. They're both going to take a lot of shots. They both shoot right between that 45, 47% range. They both take a lot of threes. Carmelo's a better three-point shooter. Carmelo's a better uh, free throw shooter. But they're going to be right about 25, 28 points. That's that's one three-pointer a game. That's one trip to the free throw line a game. Like, that's the difference between the two. It's not that far off. Now, again, I'm not saying he is. But I'm saying a comparison, it's starting to look to me like the comparison is making more and more sense to say maybe Luca is a guy who's going to get his, but maybe isn't the best to lead the team. Maybe you need another guy to do more of the leadership role and just let Luca do his thing. Maybe he is closer to Carmelo Anthony than he is LeBron James. Now, if you want to look at Carmelo's first five years in the NBA when he went to a little better team, well, I told you, Luka, 208 wins in five years. Well, Carmelo in his first five years in Denver, 231 wins. So he aided to more wins. He was still averaging 25 points, six rebounds, three assists, shot 46%, one percentage point lower. 29% from three. Obviously, Luka's got him beat there, but he also shot 80% from the free throw line. When you look at their numbers and you look at their body of work, they're very similar. Not in the sense that that Luka is not better than Carmelo Anthony. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Luka is Carmelo Anthony. But what I'm saying is the way we viewed Carmelo Anthony and said that he couldn't lead a team. He's not going to be, he shouldn't be the best player on a championship team. He's not going to do that. You need somebody. He's got no leadership. I think we need to start talking about Luka in that same breath instead of just giving him a pass because we love him. Because I think his teams, this year his team, underachieved and failed. They made a trade. They got Kyrie Irving in there. That's where your leader needs to step up and establish and get with that guy and figure out a way to make it work. Because you want to know why? Because LeBron James made it work. LeBron James made it work with Kyrie. And if Kyrie didn't ask for a trade because he wanted his own team, I guess, Like, no one thought that wasn't working. He was able to get the best out of Kyrie. He was able to communicate to Kyrie in a way that got the best from him. Why? Because LeBron is a great leader. LeBron understands how to talk to guys, how to get the most out of a guy. Luka don't know how to do that. Luka's just getting his. And if he ain't getting his, I don't care. And the same way you guys, you guys just just trash Carmelo Anthony, I think it's getting high time that we start looking at Luka and saying maybe Luka 
is one of those players that's going to get his. But outside of that, I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Actually, before we move off basketball, uh, let me actually give you, give you give you my take on the Knicks. So the Knicks are officially playing Cleveland. And this is um, important for two reasons. Number one, because I'm a Knicks fan, so I, I'm just excited to see them back in the playoffs. It's good to see it doesn't happen all the time. Um, secondly, because Donovan Mitchell is on the Cavs, and that is the guy who the Knicks were in hot pursuit of all summer long and decided not to make the deal for him because apparently they wanted too much. In my mind, I would have made the deal even though uh, Quentin Grimes has looked good, even though Emmanuel Quickly has looked really good in his in his time starting while Brunson's been out, I still felt like, and R.J. Barrett has kind of been R.J. Barrett, exactly what I thought he was, and maybe you don't want to give up those other pieces, but I'm, is anyone thinking that R.J. Barrett shouldn't have been dealt? Is anyone now who said, you got to keep R.J., look how young he is, is anyone now thinking, eh, yeah, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's better? Should have traded him, right? We all agree? Okay. Because I, I first, second, third, and fifth guessed it. <laughs> I'm trading R.J. Barrett. The, hey, who wants him? Get, I'll Give me anything. I don't care what you give me back. I don't want the guy. I don't think he's any good. I think he's average at best. I think he's a bench player who was forced to start because of where you drafted him, how much you paid him, and what you're hoping you can get from him. Anyway, I think the Knicks win this series in six. And... But I do think Donovan Mitchell is going to try to prove a point. I think he is going to try and go off. I think he is going to average well over 30 points a game in this series. I think he is going to dominate the Knicks. But I think ultimately him trying to prove his point is going to cause everyone else on the team to take a back seat. And it's going to leave openings for the Knicks to be able to win. So I pick six because I think there's going to be at least two games where Donovan Mitchell just goes off and trashes the Knicks and there's nothing they could do and they lose. But that's what I think. So let's segue now into uh, the NFL because so much has happened and yet nothing has happened at all. The first thing I want to ask is I'm hearing a lot of conversation. I was actually just driving yesterday, turned on the radio, and I heard them talking about Jordan Love. And I heard all this conversation of, ah, Jordan Love, what can you expect? He's no good. He's not going to do any good. They got to get a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't know, because maybe you don't, Jordan Love is the quarterback for Green Bay, for the Packers. He's the guy who they drafted in the first round. They traded up to get him. He was Aaron Rodgers' backup. He's been there for three years. He's the guy that they feel like is going to replace Aaron Rodgers whenever Aaron Rodgers decided he wanted to leave. And for some reason, the sports world is so, has so much doubt about Jordan Love's ability to play. And my question is, what what is all the where is all the doubt coming from? He's barely had any real playing time in the NFL. And if you want to say, well, there it is, that's it right there. That's why where we think there's doubt. Well, you got Bryce Young, who's coming into the NFL, who's never played a single moment of NFL football, and you have no doubt he's going to be good. There's C.J. Stroud, who you have no doubt he's going to be good. There was quarterbacks every year that come into the draft that you think you have no doubt that they're going to be a good player. But this guy, who's been working with an NFL team for three years, who's been getting NFL training, conditioning, nutrition, like coaching, 
at the highest level, you think this guy can't come in and be productive? Now, I'm not saying he's going to be good. I, don't, I have no idea. But if you're asking me to bet on who has, who does better going forward, like Jordan Love or Bryce Young, I would put my money on Jordan Love because Jordan Love's got a head start. Who ha- I, put it, I put it this way. Who has the better season? Jordan Love or Bryce Young? I would bet my money on Jordan Love. Why? Because he's been there for three years. He knows the system. He, he's, up to, he's up to speed with the NFL. The NFL is a faster game, tighter windows. He's been there. He's seen it. He's experienced it. He knows it. He's got it. I would bet my money on him having a better year than Bryce Young who's coming from college. But apparently nobody else would. Now, I've said this before. What if Jordan Love is really good? Because guess what? Aaron Rodgers sat for three years too. Yeah, behind Brett Favre and then finally got his opportunity and nobody expected Aaron Rodgers to be as good as he ended up being. That was not the expectation. And I'm pretty sure there were probably people back then talking about like, ah, how good can he be? Jordan Love doesn't have to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. He just has to be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm, I'm not I'm confused why there's so much doubt surrounding him. I really am. I just don't get it. I think it's kind of strange. So another thing that's still going on, that's still unanswered, is there's still no bites on Lamar Jackson. And the longer this goes, that no team is coming up and willing to offer him the money and trade the two first round picks that it's going to be required to get him. With no team doing that, there is a lot more conversation going around now, going around the Internet, going around the media now people are starting to say, we don't understand. I don't get it. What's the problem? What's the holdup? What's the hesitation? Why don't teams want to do this? Why doesn't Baltimore give them the money? Who's right? Who's wrong? I'm here to tell you guys, I've said it before. I'm on the side of the teams here. Here's why. Because the people yelling, give Lamar his money, pay him what he wants, are the same people who thought it was completely asinine for the Browns to give Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. We all looked at that, read that, heard it, and said, whoa, that's crazy. Why would you do that? The national media said, who were you? You weren't, and nobody was competing for this. Like, you were the front runner. You didn't have to give him that much. You could have gave him $160 million. You could have gave him something lesser. You didn't have to go all crazy. We all thought it was a bad contract. Kyla Murray got paid. We all sit here right now. And we think it's a bad contract. We think you overpaid for a guy. That's what we think, right? We all acknowledge that. Oh, man, I got a I got a wasp here in Trash Can Studios. I knew I heard that thing flying above me. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, y'all. I'm a little scared right now. I got a wasp in Trash Can Studios. I got to keep my eye on it before it sting me. Anyway, let's get back to the show. <laughs> if I just go silent, look, it's because I got stung and I passed out. Anyway, um, 
So, like, the thing is, we all agree that Kyler Murray's contract is bad. Right? We agree on that. We acknowledge it's a bad contract. We know it's a bad contract. We accept that it's a bad contract. Right? So now you look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones gets a big contract. We all say, like, that's overpaying for Daniel Jones. We acknowledge that. We all acknowledge it. We all accept it. But now you want the Ravens to go ahead and make a bad deal and sign Lamar to a bad contract. That doesn't make any sense. Is it because you like Lamar? Is it because you think Lamar's really good? Like, what is it? Why do you think that they should go out and sign him to a contract that's more than another contract you said was a bad deal? Like, who does that? Who does that? Like, that's that's what that's what is bugging me is because if if this were Dak Prescott, you would think that's crazy. But Dak Prescott has a lot of wins. Dak Prescott has led a number one offense. Dak Prescott has done things like that that Lamar Jackson hasn't done. But nobody thinks that Dak Prescott should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And when Dak Prescott was looking for his contract, we picked him apart and said, is he really worth that? But for some reason with Lamar, everyone is so like against arguing if he's really worth it. I'm on the side of the Ravens and the rest of the league because they're telling you something. We've seen teams trade two number one picks to move up in the draft to get a rookie, a guy they've never seen play in the NFL. A guy that they have no no NFL footage of. They don't know anything about him other than what he did in college. We've seen them give that up willingly. Like, we've seen it. Oh, man, this, this wasp is getting closer and closer to my head, bro. It's getting closer to my head top. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, I'm going to have to kill it. I'm going to have to kill it. If he come a little lower... I'm gonna have to get him, guys. This is uh, this is real time. I am not joking. I got this wasp flying over my head, bro. Come down a little lower, buddy. I'm about to light him up, y'all. I got my notebook here. I you see he right above my head, which is which is creepy. They say this isn't good radio. <laughs> This is this is what happens when I get scared. I just start talking a lot. So I'm letting y'all know that I am 100% petrified of this uh this wasp. All right, he's away from my headpiece. All right, we back. Nope, he's right back over my headpiece. <laughs> okay. I think I think he's actually trying to find his way out the studio. I ain't going to lie to you. I kind of feel bad for him now. But, you know, if he come too low, you know, we got to we got to take him out. You know what I'm saying? If you if you if you swat, like if you swat a bee, right. Will it die? Like if I just hit it hard enough, will like blunt force trauma kill it? Anyway, see, I'm trying to get my points off, bro. And this bee is up in here causing problems for me. I knew it was only a matter of time before a bee would enter trash can studios. Uh, I wonder if I open the door. Yo, give me a moment, y'all. I apologize for this.
The show must go on. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, my thing is, teams have given that up willingly before. Right? It's not new. It's not unheard of. They have done it. They've given up picks. They've paid big contracts to guys they felt like were worth it or guys that they have less information on than they do with Lamar. I think the league is telling you something. I think the league is trying to tell you that, hey, we don't necessarily buy into Lamar being the guy that you all think he is. This is not fantasy football. It's not fantasy football. You can't you can't just look at stats. You can't just look at numbers. You can't just look at this guy and say, well, I really like him, so... I'm just going to pay him whatever I want. Like you ha- you're building a team. There's a lot more factors and I think in reality, in real life, Lamar Jackson's value is far less than what you believe it is as a fan because look, number 1, I think the biggest the biggest thing that is being overlooked is that the Baltimore Ravens have had him in house for 5 years. They know his flaws, they know his deficiencies and they decided they didn't want to pay him that much. So another team is looking at it and saying, look, if the Ravens, his own team, don't want to give him that money, I can't give him that money because they know more about him than I do. And if they're saying we don't want to pay it, then that means that, look, like they must know something or not like something or think that something's off about it. And so they're like, well, we're not going to be the dum-dums if they're not going to sign them themselves. If that's the number they set, we're not going to come in and try to blow that out the water because they know more about them than we do. And I think that is a very fair assessment. I think that's a very logical thing. And I think some people are trying to make it racy and say if he were white, then there would be no problems. And they keep bringing up Joe Burrow and saying Joe Burrow is going to get a big contract. I bet you he gets $200 million guaranteed. And it's like, yeah, but that's not a race thing. That's We've seen Joe Burrow dominate games from the pocket. We've seen Joe Burrow get to the Super Bowl from the pocket. We still have questions about Lamar Jackson from the pocket. And you could look at game film, you could look at his stats, and you could say going forward, I think he can, I think he can. The Baltimore Ravens created this offense around Lamar Jackson's strength. They saw some deficiencies when he came in. They developed a system that would allow him to maximize his play and his ability. And and that is exactly what they did, and they never deviated from it. And they never, uh, they never got away from it. They never got away from the plan. They kept that system in place, and I think that is because that's where they can get the most from him. And they offered him a very fair contract. He was going to be making forty plus million a year for three years, guaranteed. And after that, there's a ton of incentives that could get him a higher number if he wanted. He just wants more money. And I understand why they wouldn't give it to him. And I understand why the rest of the league is saying, well, we're not going to do it if they won't even do it because they know him better than we do. It's not a race thing. It's not a it's not a hate thing. It's not the boys club saying whatever. It's look, we all acknowledge there's a lot of bad contracts. I just gave you three. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. Um, some people think the Dak Prescott contract was bad when it happened. There's a lot of bad contracts. Look, they just went out and signed Odell Beckham Jr. for $15 million for one year. 
and there's there's criticism for it. Like, why would you pay him that much money? Right? That's what they're saying. Why would you pay him that? But my question would be, so if you think that's a bad contract, then why are you claiming that they have to pay Lamar? Like you, if if we're gonna acknowledge that bad contracts exist, you're saying yeah, it's a bad contract, but you got to give it to him anyway. Why? Because of the position he plays. Like they gave him a good contract, and no other team is jumping up to pay that either because they're all like, look, I'm not gonna be the GM or the owner that signs this guy to a horrible contract and then has to live with it for the rest of my life. Not to mention, you are now setting a new standard. That now every quarterback going forward is getting a fully guaranteed contract. That is not what you want to happen. And these guys are calling each other and saying, look, like we got no problem giving big money, but we can't start guaranteeing contracts in the NFL. The sport as a whole is too dangerous. It's too violent. It's, it's, it's guys' careers end in a split second. We can't guarantee these contracts. It's just not something we can do. And I understand it. I get that point and I agree with it. It's not something you do. You can't just be guaranteeing contracts. And I don't think they want to set that precedent. But like I said, I think signing Odell Beckham was was a show of like, look, we want Lamar Jackson here. We are willing to overpay to get him help. We are willing to do things and bring somebody in here that we feel like he gets along with, that he like. Like we want Lamar. We do. We just can't get you at that price. And if that's not understandable, if that's not reasonable, then I don't know what is. In my brain, that is an incredibly reasonable thought and idea. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't. I really don't. I don't know why there's so much confusion, why there's so much anger, why there's so much hatred towards that. You know. I mean, look, if we're, if we're just going to talk about Odell Beckham, I'll tell you right now, I don't, I wouldn't have picked him up. Like, what are you getting? You might, you probably get nothing. I think he's done. I think it's over for him. I just don't think, I think he loves the spotlight of football and the reward of football more than he loves the actual dirty work of football. And I don't blame him. Look, he's older. He's coming off of two knee surgeries. Um, He's accomplished any everything you want to accomplish in the sport. Like, he don't need this anymore. I'm not mad at him. I get it. Give it one more go. See what happens. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I think we need to I think we need to just stop pretending like we don't understand. No business wants to hamstring themselves by signing bad deals. Just because. That's my time, y'all. Look, we're going to keep it short and sweet. I'm not going to lie to you. This wasp buzzing above my head is, is distracting me. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut things here. We're going to keep it short this week. Uh, look, I appreciate y'all coming through. Look, go follow me on all social media at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. Go ahead and check out the YouTube. We got the YouTube up and running live right now. New videos added. Um, I think we're doing like three videos a week or something like that is, is the goal. Um, but check us out on there. We got a lot of content, some things that I don't speak about here. 
some things, some topics I feel like aren't really worthy of the podcast or, or taking up that much time. But we, we have some uh, short videos up there for you, some stuff where we get in, in deep a little bit. If y'all just want to see me speaking, see me talk, see my facial expressions or whatever it is you might want to see, check me out over there. Uh, I'm working on some merch. I know I've been saying it for probably like almost a year now, but I am working on some designs, throwing some stuff together, trying to make sure that what I bring to you is quality and it's something that you actually feel proud to wear. Uh, I, I appreciate each and every one of y'all for tuning in, for checking in. Um, like I said last week, we weren't here. We missed last week. And I know uh, that in this in this world, in this climate, if you don't get an episode every week, it's very quick that people move on from things. So I appreciate each of y'all coming back, checking for me again this week, after last week. And look, going forward, I will uh, make sure to communicate with you guys. If for some reason something happens, I'll put out a little mini episode or something like that just so to keep things going so you guys don't have to go a whole week without your cyber pod because i know how important it is with all this fake news media out there with all this these sports experts who are telling you all this nonsense and the same old thing y'all come here because you are tired of hearing the same old sports takes you want to hear something different a different perspective that's what i'm here to provide i'll provide it for you weekly from now until forevermore i'll see you guys next week